Welcome to Prima's 2020 podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Mark Nestor will discuss audits versus performance, reviews versus benchmarking. Mark Nestor is the President of Independent Consulting and Risk Management Services, LLC. We will also be joined by Prima's Education Coordinator, Taekwon Gilbert. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Mark, thanks for joining us today. What are the differences between an audit, performance review, and a benchmarking study? We're going to spend time discussing that this morning, but my comments are geared towards public entity pools that can be modified for large self-insureds, and my insights and comments are based on uh, 40 years of commercial experience and 37 years working with public entity pools. Today's topic is going to be at a relatively high level because I feel people may not fully understand the difference between these three items and the value that they can bring. I think it might be good to start with just a real basic definitions, if I may. Definition of an audit. An audit is an objective examination and evaluation of statements, normally financial documents of an organization to make sure that their records are fair and accurate representation of the transactions they claim to represent. The most common is a financial audit in particular. What's a performance review? It's an evaluation and an appraisal undertaken within a defined methodology in which the operational performance and business processes of an entity are evaluated and documented. This can be done on an internal or an external basis. Normally, it's holistic in nature with the core operations review. The definition of the benchmarking study. A benchmark is comparing one's performance metrics to standards or industry bests on a comparative basis with other companies, pools, public entities. It may involve both quantitative and qualitative measurements to evaluate the entity's overall condition, but you're also looking at some of the sub-processes that are deemed important or critical to a healthy condition. I was going to go through a little bit of of a discussion talking about some of the functional differences between an audit, a performance review, and a benchmark. An audit, in particular a financial audit, is rather formal. It's an analysis under prescribed standards, normally undertaken by a qualified independent firm. They're looking to follow national or state guidelines, and it's marginally collaborative between the auditor and the client until the findings are presented. A performance review is much more of a blend of informal and formal activities, and a benchmark is a very informal process. So dealing with the financial audit in particular, some of the governmental guidelines that could be used, most people are familiar with GADSB, General Accepted Standards, but there are also General Accepted Auditing Standards that 
any firm that is conducting a financial audit should be following. There's also groups such as the American Institute of CPAs, the Public Accounting Oversight Board, and also international standards that mandate how the process needs to be undertaken. Unlike a performance review or a benchmark, there are no specific standards similar to the accounting financial analysis. Also, you have to take into consideration who is the information being released to. As it relates to a financial audit, uh, there's a very transparent process that needs to be undertaken so that the top elected or appointed officials uh, receive all the information relative to the audit. Whereas in a performance review and a benchmark, the management or senior board members are the ones that would receive the information. Also, the arm's length activities that take place with a financial audit process is rather arm's length. With a performance review, it may be a semi-arm's length, but is much more highly collaborative. And when you're doing benchmarking, uh, it's highly collaborative, and normally there's no arm's length. The other thing that you need to take into consideration with a particular audit are the qualifications of the firm or individuals undertaking the audit. So if a financial audit is being undertaken, it should be performed by a certified public accountant. There are no formal standards for who should undertake the performance audit or a benchmark. I think it's also important to point out that in a performance review, we're looking at key operational areas of the client's activities using industry standards and guidelines, but this can be performed both on internal metrics or undertaken by an independent party. Benchmarking is predefined quantitative and qualitative analysis on the entity's key metrics using either national standards, probably one insurance standard people are maybe familiar with or called IRIS, which is the Insurance Regulatory Information Systems, versus other particular standards that may have been put together. But I think it's important to understand the IRIS standards are really not mandated or applicable in the public entity or the public pooling sector. So that just gives you a little bit of an overview on the differences. There are a number of sources of information that you can obtain to take a look as to how pools are regulated, but I think it's important to understand the history of how public entity pools came into being in the 70s and 80s, and also how the regulatory agencies became involved. Now, this is different than large self-insurance because large self-insurance may take a large amount of risk but yet are still dealing with different elements of the conventional insurance marketplace. And looking at data that I have 
on 44 different states and doing a quick analysis, 17 states, the insurance department has oversight or some element of regulatory control of the particular pools. There's no oversight or regulatory control from the Department of Insurance on 22 different states. And this is important to come into play because on those states where there are regulatory oversight, in many of them, there are requirements to file financial audited statements. Certain states like California, a certified financial audit is required, but it is sent to the comptroller's office. Certain states like Alabama, only a mutual insurance company can exist. So within the regulatory activities of pools or with oversight requirements, I found that 33 out of 44 states require some type of financial audit on an annual basis, and 11 states do not require it. I think it's important to point out, though, the question is what happens to the data once the certified audit is undertaken? Unlike insurance carriers that have to do convention statements annually, the answer to what happens to this particular data is very, very state-specific. And it would range from Department of Insurance operations actually doing oversight on the financial audits to the particular audits just being placed on file. I think it's also important to realize that when you're looking at a financial audit, the element of the actuarial analysis or IBNR review is a key component that goes into the financial audits. So both the financial audits and the actuarial reviews normally need to be undertaken on an annual basis. Unlike other aspects of audits, and that could be a claims audit, an underwriting audit, a loss control education audit or review. There are no specific guidelines as to when those need to be undertaken. What are the timing elements associated with an audit, performance review, and the benchmarking study? The timing performance is associated with the three items that we're discussing. It's first the jurisdiction that a particular pool or entity is operating in that, as I mentioned, 33 different states require financial audits to be undertaken, and those are required on an annual basis. IBNR or actuarial reviews are key elements that need to go into the financial audits, so those need to be undertaken on an annual basis. But when we discuss such items as claims audits, underwriting audits, or loss control education, or reinsurance audits, there are no set specific time parameters, either as it relates to performance review or a benchmarking study. So from a functional basis, a claims audit could be undertaken annually, every other year, every third year, or could be elongated out 
to every five years. An underwriting audit could be undertaken every three years. Likewise, a loss control education training audit could be undertaken every three years. A performance review, because of its very nature, it's looking much more on a holistic basis. I normally suggest that those only be undertaken every three to five years. But you need the elements of the financial audit put much of the detail together. Benchmarking study or benchmarking review, once it comes into place, subject to the changes in the key metrics, information, or indicators, probably should be undertaken on an annual basis. What operational functions of a public entity pool are normally subject to an audit or performance review? When you're looking at a public entity pool or a large self-insured, there are a number of items, and I have 10 common buckets that I think are important to identify. The first bucket is the financial or accounting bucket. The second one is the actuarial analysis and process. The third is the underwriting policyholder activities the components to determine the appropriate either premium or self-insured dollars that you need to retain within your layer. The fourth is with a public entity pool, the actual servicing with your various members. The fifth bucket, the actual claims handling process, be it under property casualty or workers' compensation but the actual mechanical processes associated with receiving a claim, evaluating it. As in the case of a public entity pool, it may have staff on board that will actually handle the specific claims from beginning to end, have a third-party administrator and a large self-insured public entity. The public entity may handle specific aspects of the claims handling to a specific retention. But that goes into the fifth bucket. Sixth bucket is the loss control, education and risk management services and techniques. The seventh bucket is the legal activities that could be involved, including the legal defense. The eighth bucket is reinsurance or the excess insurance. Because only the largest of public entity pools that are very financially secure can take very large retentions, and by that I mean dollar amounts in the million dollars, either a million or higher, or very large public entities that are self-insured can take a large, but all will need some type of reinsurance or excess coverage. Then you have your whole program management process to pull this together, and then subject to the nature of what you have in your operation, you have the internal servicing activities. So now that I've identified the 10 buckets, financial and accounting activity is normally audited. Actuarial is considered as a review on an annual basis, but it's a key component that goes into the financial audit. Underwriting activities, that can either be an audit or review. And as I mentioned, that could be subject to anywhere from uh, upwards to three years. Claims activities are normally subject to an audit 
by an independent party that will come in and look at the core activities associated with the claim. And those can be undertaken anywhere, as I mentioned, between one to three years. Reinsurance and excess, that's normally subject to a review. Your loss control, education, and risk management can be subject to a performance review activity. So subject to the nature and type of the core functional activity, it could either be an audit, especially if it's mandated by a regulatory authority on an annual basis, or could be a review. What are the areas of involvement of a public entity pooling when undertaking an audit, performance review, or benchmarking study? The elements as it relates to the client on an audit can be somewhat different than on a performance review or benchmarking. An audit itself, especially a financial audit, is a formal process. It would start with an introductory meeting. The auditor would present ahead of time their data needs, their information requirements, the business processes that they are going to use. You have your introductory meeting, and then they have an on-site evaluation where they are physically looking at documents, could be making copies of documents, looking for verification of the type of information. Uh, this could take anywhere over a three- to five-week process. The auditors involved in report development, and then they present their initial findings to a client. But the process itself, as I previously mentioned, is somewhat conducted under an arm's length activity that the client is responding to requested data and questions as posed by the auditor. But I would refer to it, it's not a very highly collaborative process, but it's a highly structured process. With a performance review, I use a phraseology that triangulation with a blend of both formal and informal activities takes place. Triangulation is detailed interviews of the staff that perform the work, review of operational documents, and review of processes, and then picture a triangle with each one of these items as one point on the triangle where you pull information together, where you're entertaining discussion of the business processes and best practices. Also, you'd be discussing goals and objectives and also discussing potential improvements and outcomes that you may be looking for. And with a performance review, you could very well have an in-depth exit interview process. And then at the presentation of the findings, considerations, and recommendations in the performance review, you're going to have much more of a roundtable activity in a performance review versus a report of an audit. During a report of the audit, the financial order, auditors will present their findings. They may make recommendations in, in certain circumstances. They may provide substantial information where they find fault with the various business practices 
that the entities involved and will want correction in a response back to the auditor in the internal board of directors or managers or elected officials. With performance review, you're going to want to be able to discuss with the client what can be implemented in terms of the considerations or recommendations that come out. What can be the timing of the implementation? What are the benefits of the considerations and recommendations? And I think it's important to point out that within a performance review, considerations are best business practices, recommendations carrier carry a higher weight. But also you're going to have discussion as it relates to the cost of the recommendations or considerations. Realistically, you want to talk about the political implications, how your members review these particular items. What could be the reaction of the board and the staff? Also, it's important to talk about what are the intended consequences if the particular considerations or recommendations are not implemented. So the performance review is a much more collaborative process, but it's very important to point out that the performance review is based upon the financial audit in the actuarial studies that are put together because those help become the foundation for much more information. And also within a benchmarking study, it's very important to discuss the outcome of the benefits up front. You need to be able to discuss the data and the metrics that are going to be considered and evaluated. And you want to be able to discuss what is presently benchmarked and how the data is used within the particular entity itself. When you're talking about benchmarking activities, I previously made mention to insurance company IRIS ratios, but it's important to point out public entity pools are not subject to IRIS ratios. But there are other organizations that have put together pooling benchmarks and provided consistent information to do the evaluation for the pooling benchmarks because it's very important to be able to monitor the fiscal health of an organization. So when you're doing a benchmark review, you have the financial aspect of it. But you can also take a look at claims. You can look at how you manage the caseloads per adjuster, how you're managing monitoring monitoring cost per cases, and there are a fairly wide range of elements that can go into benchmarking for claims. You can also take a look at the underwriting specifics as to how you're managing and monitoring your rates, your target premiums, your goals and objectives. And likewise with loss control, you can look at monitoring and managing your service expectations and activities to help reduce the losses for your particular claims history and tie all of these items together. The benchmarking process can be at a, a high level. I refer to it as a 10,000-foot level or quite detailed by the core activity 
subjectivities and what the outcomes that you're looking to undertake. But the process from benchmarking, once it's established, can be undertaken and managed by an in-house staff and incorporated into your goals and objectives templates. You can use an outside firm to initially assist in the identification of all the specific benchmarking criteria and operating ratios. But in effect, it's something that can be undertaken in-house. Some of the specific benchmarking activities would be looking at your overall revenue and expenses, looking at your investment income on a net basis, looking at changes that occur year to year in your surplus or net positions, what changes have occurred, revenue and expenses, what changes that you have in your loss activity on what's called a peer loss ratio, changes looking at what your cost of business is doing from an administrative standpoint. Also managing and monitoring what your cost of reinsurance or excess insurance may be subject to the retention levels that you have. And then if you're using a third-party administrator or some outside source, you can also take a look at benchmarking their operating costs. It can be done on a gross basis. It can be done on a FTE, full-time equivalent basis, time and expense. But yet, we recommend that when you undertake benchmarking activities, you look at five years of data, and then you put your benchmarking information together on a go-forward basis, at least annually. You can drop off the oldest year, bring in the new year, but it does a couple things. It provides both a micro and macro view. See where you're going, see where you've been, and also hopefully provide some early warning or monitoring activities that before you might not have been cognizant of. What are the benefits to be obtained from an audit, performance review, and a benchmarking study? As I mentioned, all three can be tied together, but the audit information is the foundation. So when you look at a particular audit, it's being undertaken by independent, highly qualified firm or individual normally freestanding. You look at an analysis and a verification of the fiduciary controls and a proper accounting activities of funds using national guidelines and protocols. That's a little different than a performance review where you're obtaining a snapshot of your core best business practices over a particular period of time. Pools are either subject to GAAP general principles of accounting or statutory accounting subject to the oversight. It's not the intention to explain the difference between GAAP and statutory accounting, but it has a definite impact as it relates to the management process. But an audit helps you meet compliance with established protocols. As I mentioned, claims, underwriting, loss control, and reinsurance do not have the highly regulated protocols that's established in the 
financial auditing arena. But yet, this will also provide an independent analysis and verification of your operation practices. Under a particular audit, you should have full disclosure to the board and providing information to the membership. And the findings and recommendations must be complied with and formal responses should be provided back to the auditor for discussion and comment. When you talk about a performance review, as I mentioned, this is a highly collaborative process helping to focus on improvements and outcomes. Recommendations can be phased in over time. Unlike a financial audit, the financial audit comes up with a formal recommendation. They are specifically requesting compliance normally in a relative short period of time. But in a performance review, you can take a look at the recommendation and how it can be phased in over time. It also can become a very good scorecarding process for current and future business practices, and the results should be shared with the board of directors. A performance review also provides an opportunity to learn about other best business practices that could be undertaken within the industry, either within your specific state or neighboring states or across the countries. Also in a performance review, the findings of recommendations can be easily integrated into an annual business plan as tied in to your goals and objectives. A benchmark helps provide the tools to be able to better manage your financial operation and evaluate the financial health of your program. It provides evaluation of key indicators and possibly early warning triggers that you may not have been aware of. And it gives you an ability to see on a big picture what has happened in the past five years. But if you have certain benchmarks that you're evaluating on a quarterly basis, it gives you a feel to see what are we doing, where are we going, how do we have to modify this, and what changes can we incorporate. Also, a benchmark is going to provide you comparative data with similar organizations. And it can provide the learning tools to help elected and appointed officials to be able to better evaluate and manage the different operational levels of a particular pool or of a large self-insured. So the audit, performance reviews, and benchmarks are all tied together. But it's very difficult to do a performance review or benchmark without having the financial auditing information put together. All three are tied in some different aspects, but I view that the financial auditing is your foundation. Your performance review is a much broader view looking at the core elements associated with the management of your overall insurance program. And the benchmarking are key metrics that you can use to help manage and implement activities that either are derived from the performance review or key activities that may arrive out of the audit process itself. We have reached the end of our podcast. 
thanks to our speaker and all of our listeners. Please visit the Prima website to hear other Prima podcasts, view upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about other Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk. Have an amazing day.